0: Okay, we're going to continue in 1 John 4, verse 16. It says, And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God, in God and him. Herein (coughs) is love been perfected for us. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear is torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. What does it mean to be not made perfect in love as a believer? That speaks of our experience. It means that we haven't been, in areas of our life, experienced that incredible love that's ours. We haven't been perfected in the very face of Jesus Christ, the very manifestation of that love for us. We said this morning that he is speaking here of the perfection of our acceptance in the Beloved. Paul says, Through the Holy Spirit, and one of the greatest chapters in all the Bible, in Ephesians 1-6, we have been accepted in the Beloved. It's a past tense, and they are perfects. They're perfect tenses in the original language. And a perfect tense means something that happened in the past that has permanent and abiding results. So somewhere in in eternity past... (laughs) God has always loved us. He's always been love and He's always loved us because He's always and never been in the intimacy of His love with His Son. That Son of His has never been anyone other than the Lamb of God. He's always been that Lamb. And so, again, He's speaking of the perfection of our acceptance in the very beloved of the father which is his son and that love and being in Christ the very fullness of the love of the father is the only thing that and that alone is what casts out all fear out of our soul it casts all fear out of our self consciousness why when that happens and when we're occupied with that love that he loves us with We said this morning that our eyes are off ourself and now they're upon him. And so his perfect love then can begin to cast out any fear that's in us because that love has been perfected with us. And again, we said this morning, it's not like it says in the King James, herein is our love made perfect. It doesn't say that in the original. It doesn't say it at all. It simply says that that love that's with us, that love has been perfected with us. (laughs) Can you believe it? That love that God has always loved us with has been completed, finished, and perfected, and it's with us, with us, because Christ is in us. And so God's love has been perfected when it comes to us his love about us has been completely perfected and finished and we said this morning it's been so completed that his will is to do nothing but bless us that's what god's will is in his love nothing to do but bless us and he and that love will never be satisfied as long as it sees in us the least element, the least speck of fear remaining. Why? Because love and fear are antagonistic one to another. And so he has this incredible love for us. Why? He doesn't want us to live in fear. What is fear? Fear is phobos, P-H-O-B-O-S, and it means terror, fearfulness, timidity, shrinking for fear it means to flee to run away from to be dreadful to have to experience terror and horror and to be to turn us coward that's what that word means and then that fear begins to cause torment in us can you imagine if you were a parent and, and uh, some of us here are and some of us weren't. But you're a parent and you've done everything for your child. But yet some for some reason, based on a lie that that child would live in fear and in terror. What would you do for that little child to remove it? Well, that's what God has done through Christ. He's removed it. He's removed it. He doesn't want us as his children living in fear because fear has Colossus, K-O-L-A-S-I-S, has torment, Colossus. And what is torment? It means to punish. It speaks of punishment. It, it speaks of a punishment because of a violation of, an, of a law. <laughs> Unbelievable. When Christ is the end of the law for us, for righteousness, in Romans 10, verse 4, to all those that believe. And that love, we talked about in, in 1 Corinthians thirteen five, it thinks no evil. Love thinks no evil. In other words, when we operate in God's love for us, and we operate in that love for one another, Suspicion will never be there. No one will ever be a suspect because love loves without suspicion. Has no suspicion. Love thinks no evil. And in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8, it never fails. By the way, when you see charity in any translation, it is an absolutely wrong word in the original. That was put in there. In the King James, specifically, the word charity was put in there through the Wycliffe translation. The word literally is love. Listen, and in this context that Paul is speaking of, that is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ thinks no evil. Jesus Christ never fails, He never fails us. He never fails to be the answer. He is the one answer for every single question. Love has removed it. Yet we ask things at times. And I think even at times, God, the love that he's given us allows us to ask questions. Like a little child would ask a parent certain things that they they can't understand, they would go to the parent. And because of the love that the parent has expressed and shown to them, it opens up in them a capacity to ask things, not in doubting, not in fear, but in the sense of love to open up the truth to them. Just another opportunity for God to love us. And there's nothing wrong with those kind of questions. But we said this morning, too, also, that love, God, Jesus Christ, has found a way. God has made a way because he found a way. He had a will, and that will was completed, and that was completed in Jesus Christ. Is it any wonder, then, that's why it says in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, All the things that remain are faith, hope, and love. But what is the greatest? The greatest of those three is love. Listen, Jesus is the greatest of all. He's the greatest because in him is manifested the greatest, highest, essential, eternal love of God in humanity. <laughs> it is the greatest. There's nothing greater. Why is love the greatest? Out of faith and hope. Because love produces faith. Jesus Christ is the way, He's the solution for us, and that is the thing that produces dependence. When we get to know Jesus Christ, when we get to know him as the greatest manifestation and demonstration of love towards us, and we know that that is not in ourselves, it's in him, it creates an awesome dependence on him and nothing else. Listen, when I depend upon him and nothing else, I'll never experience fear. Because Jesus is love. And love is the greatest. And then it produces a hope. A sure, strong foundation to rest on. A sure foundation to rest on. So many times we've heard the expression, and I've heard this, that time heals all wounds. Well, for the Christian, that, that couldn't be any further from the truth. It's not time that heals wounds for the Christians. It's Jesus Christ and his love in us in time that heals all the wounds. We said this morning in Psalm 107, verse 20, he sent his word and he healed them. The eternal word God sends into time. Who do you suppose that is? That's Jesus Christ. He entered into time, the eternal one the self-existing one, the the uncaused, uncreated life and love came into time. And time in love, in redemption, comes into our life and it heals us. Time is just that way of God finishing for us his eternal thoughts. That's what it is. Listen, the greatest love. What is the greatest love? The greatest love. And what does it mean to experience the greatest love? We said the greatest love is uh, is who? It's Jesus. The greatest love is Jesus. Jesus is the explanation of every single doctrine or teaching in the word of God. Doctrine doesn't explain Jesus. Jesus, his very person and his very work is the explanation of all the truths, all the teachings, all the doctrines in the word of God. And we, therefore, he is the greatest love. Jesus is. And the greatest thing that we can do, the most honoring thing that we can do, the, the thing that glorifies him most is for you and I to receive That love. It's been imparted, it's been imputed to us, I should say, the moment that you and I received Christ as our Savior, He was imputed to our account. Look at all that love that God loved us with was now put to our account. In other words, we could experience it. Now we could experience the love that He loved us with, because when we received Christ, all that love was put to our account. All put there. Now, through the preaching and teaching of the Word of God, God wants to impart in our experience what he imputed to us in our position. He wants us to experience the intimacy of his love. As God said in Jeremiah 3, verse 15, I will give you pastors according to my heart which will feed you with knowledge and understanding and that's what a shepherd does he loves the sheep that's what he does and he loves them because he lives in his own life in the intimacy of the power of Christ's love to him and then that that love is imparted in a very personal way. And then, what the church feeds on is not the pastor, but the same love that loves the pastor is now being (laughs) imparted to them. That love that's coming from God is speaking to them and answering to them with the love that's in them. He's feeding us. He feeds his sheep. Listen, Jesus feeds his sheep so that they live, so that they experience the very life that he is, that they live on him, and that they experience the life that he laid down and gave to them personally and intimately in a very beautiful way. Listen, this is the simple gospel that God so loved us. The world that he gave his only begotten son. That who would ever receive him wouldn't perish, but have eternal life. Listen, God wants us, now that we are saved, he wants us to experience the eternal life that was manifested in this eternal love for us so that we don't perish in our own thoughts. From moment to moment, minute to minute, Hour to hour, day to day, week to week, month to month. He wants us to continue in that love. Because if we don't, it's either the simple gospel, or then it's a law. We try to live up to a law, or we rely on our own experience or our own feelings. God wants us through his love, that personal love for us, to develop an intimacy with us on the inside. An intimacy. What does that mean? It simply means this, that God, his work that he has accomplished in and through Christ, the work that Christ has accomplished, that work that's finished, and what caused that work, what began that work, what finished it, and what continues it in us, is love. Jesus' love. And so that work is being worked in us. S- to what he has finished about God in us. God is working in us through Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, what he has finished about himself and about us. Listen, God's love has finished the work. Jesus Christ has finished the work. That's why the truth of God, the truth of Christ, is ever more and more important to us. It strengthens, it nourishes our soul. Why? Because it abides forever. And nothing can drown it. In Song of Solomon 8, verse 7, many waters cannot quench love. Just can't do it. It really can't. There's no way that it can. God has this great love for us. And God speaks to us. Listen, God speaks to us. This is the truth of the matter. He speaks to us, in us, and through us by Christ. That's how he speaks to us. God never speaks to us outside of Christ. God, who is love, never speaks outside of Jesus who is love. We are to never know ourselves anything other than the very love of God manifested in Christ in us. Never. Not even on our worst day, but to never think outside of his love for us ever because that's how he speaks to us. And in the midst of trouble, and in the midst of any trouble in our lives, God begins to speak to us. He begins to speak to us through Christ. And what does he do? He calms the troubled sea. That's what his love does. The power of his love. His love is creative. His love is active. And then, the trouble that we were becoming attached to in our experience is broken. And now we become attached to him. And that's where I find who I am in God's sight. That's who I find. I can't find who I am in God's sight outside of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is love. He is love. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to cleave to him, to cling to him, to stick to him, to keep close to him. Because he wants us no matter what, by faith. And faith will always keep us adhered to his love, and that love that he loves us with is a love that will never let us go. It's He'll never, ever, that will never, ever let us go. Whatever happens, remember we've said before in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, we have this treasure in these fragile clay jars that the excellency of the power may be of God and none of us, and whatever happens to the vessel, Come what will against the vessel. Whatever it went Do we have the treasure inside? Is Christ the treasure? He's the treasure. He's the very treasure. He's the greatest gift that the Father could ever give. We've said before it'd be one thing if a father would give himself for others that didn't deserve it. But what kind of love would it, what does it mean? Can we even wrap our minds around it? A perfect father giving up his perfect son for those who could care less, (laughs) who were so weak in themselves. What kind of love is that? Well, that's the kind of love that he loves us with. That's the love. And when we become occupied with that love, then we'll never be too much occupied with ourselves. Because when we're occupied with ourselves, for all of us, there's always in the self-life what is false. And there's where Satan can come in with his lies. No, we need to live by the very voice of God. And that's the only place that we can actually hear and enter in and experience the truth of his love. That's the only place. Christ is the only place where we can see that everything is done, that God alone is seen. When we receive that love and when we operate in the love that's in Christ, we, we see God alone. He's the only one we see when we're occupied with that. And then we see him as he is. And no lie comes in between the truth. No lie can come in between the truth of God's love. And what an amazing thing that is. And thank God that we can trust in that love. Thank God that we can become attached to him. Thank God that no matter what happens in our life, we can cling to him. And he wants to bless us. We've said before that he wants to bless us with so many things so many things but what he blesses us with is not our identity we need to cling to him whose love and that is where our identity is found it's found in his love for us and that love never fails it never fades it's always in bloom it never fades and falls off It ever is the same. Jesus Christ, the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. In Hebrews 13, verse 8. We cling to him. And when we cling to him and cling to the love that he loves us with, we cling to our identity. Christ is my identity. His love for me is my identity. All my value is in his love that loves me. In myself, what do I have? What does it say? What did Paul say? What does Joel 3, verse 10 say? Let the weak say, what? I am strong. What did Paul say? He said, when I am weak, in 2 Corinthians twelve I am strong. What does it say in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2? We're to lay aside weakness, to lay it aside. Why? Because what does it mean to have weakness? Weakness for you and I means there's nothing in us. That's what weakness means. There is nothing in us. But in Christ in us is all the strength that he is at our disposal. Think of how how love makes us so strong. Well, Thank God, that's what Paul said. I, when he makes me weak, when he shows me again how weak I am, he, then I'm strong. What is he saying? This is literally what he's saying, and what God wants us to know tonight: that we will never know how poor we are. We'll never even know our true poverty until we see how rich we are in Christ. How rich we are in his love, how rich. His love has made us to be. It's unbelievable what he's done for us. Listen, so what is the consequence of that love? Always we have the tender, compassionate care of his love. He maintains us. He does the maintaining, not us. We don't control anything. Our sufficiency in 2 Corinthians 3, 5 is not of ourselves. But it's of God. It's of God. We're not sufficient. But oh, how his love is sufficient in us. That love is incredibly sufficient in us. And what an amazing thing to experience, right? It's incredible, that love that he has for us. He doesn't want us, and we do. Do we have this flesh in us? Yes, we do. It's in us, but we're not of it. It's in us, yes, but it's we're not of it. In Romans 8, verse 9. We are not in the if the Spirit of God dwells in us the moment we receive Christ, that happened, then we are not in the flesh. We're not in the flesh. But what does Satan want? As long as he can get us to function outside of love, that's made us a brand new creature in 2 Corinthians 5 17 if he can get us to be in the flesh then satan can make use of that flesh whenever it's in action he makes use of it to bring in fear to bring in torment and we discuss those words but the fact of the matter is is this That when the enemy comes in like a flood, we said this morning in Isaiah 59, 19, not if, but when the enemy comes in like a flood and begins to tempt us to operate in the flesh, to get the actions of the flesh in motions in us, in comes God with his incredible love. And the fact of the matter is is this, that God always knows what to do because he Is above all. God is love, and love is the greatest. It's the best, it's the greatest, and it is above all. Listen, in the presence of God, when we are in the presence of God, when we there, when we live there, when we're in the presence of God, his love keeps everything in us, in its proper place. i say it again. When we live in the presence of God, in the very presence of His love, that love that can only be experienced in His presence keeps everything in us in its proper place and nothing else but the very love of God expressed and manifested through Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit can keep us in in our proper place, in our right thinking. Nothing else but that will do. Because if we don't have it, we said recently that then it's the human mind, the natural mind begins to work. (laughs) And there's where the fear and the torment, the works and the performance come into play. Finally, I wanna say this. Listen, God knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what is what he's doing. He had to save man. He had to save man by himself. Did he not? <laughs> was it himself alone through Christ that saved us? Was it his way? It was his way. It was his way. And he wants us to live in his presence. Remember as we close Psalm 1611? Or well, sixteen eight, I have set the Lord before my face. Therefore, I won't be moved. What does it mean to set the Lord before our, our face? It means we see in Jesus' face all the love that he is, that we face. That's what we're to face every day. We are to face, have a face-to-face meeting with God where his love can be manifested to us. And in his presence... This is the greatest place to live because in his presence we live in the forgetfulness of self because self is the greatest enemy that we have. In self, there's where fear and torment is, but not in that love, that love of God that has been absolutely perfected in and through us by Jesus Christ in the most intimate way. So, Father, we thank you for the beauty of your love. We thank you, Father, that you always give us what we need and everything that we need It to start our moment, every single moment of every day, is a clean, clear, always fresh perspective from the riches of the love of Christ And that is the thing that purifies us and that is the thing that keeps out works. It keeps out performance. It keeps out imagination. It keeps out impressions that aren't from you, that work against us, to cause us to live in self-consciousness. It's the only thing that will do it. Thank you, Lord, that it is your love, your intimate, personal love That's the only way that we can discern everything. It's the only way. It keeps out deception. That's what the love of God does. It keeps out deception. It keeps out denial. It keeps pride, arrogance, resistance, and rebellion out when we are occupied with his love. And thank you, Lord, for the times when you have to come in and you break that vessel. Thank you for your faithfulness to do that. Because it's only love, in in perfect love, that will break that vessel. So that the love flows out. We can experience the intimacy of a love that has been perfected with us. In Jesus' name. Amen.